Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening and welcome to Word Up. So hopefully everything is being broadcast fine um, and we'll be able to see each other. Uh, and uh, I'll run the studio okay, flying solo on my own. Um, Let's see how it goes, shall we? <laughs> We've got uh, myself and Pastor Aiken tonight going through the, the end of uh, Mark. And I'm just going to try and get him online, if I can. This is all very uh, technical, as you may gather. Um, right. Okay, we'll try and work that out as we go. Um, we're going to start tonight by looking at Blind Bartimaeus and um, from the end of Mark and then uh, going into the triumphal entry. So I'm going to start off tonight just uh, by sorting out uh, um, Pastor Aiken and getting him online. And uh, we're going to play a song, which is a bit new for uh, Word Up. Uh, and it's by a guy called Michael Card. Uh, and it was one of the songs I found that was actually about Blind Bartimaeus called uh, The Paradigm. Uh, and a paradigm um, describes uh, kind of like maybe an operating system or a, a, a kind of way, you, you, your worldview, the, the way you kind of get things done, the way things happen, and uses blind Bartimaeus as a, an example of uh, the kingdom and, and opening eyes to, to the spirit and that kind of thing. So we'll play that and, uh, and then hopefully we'll be able to sort out uh, our cameras as we go. So let's give that a try. And he will be a paradigm One of Jesus' greatest finds There beside the road Calling out, he has the nerve To want what he does not deserve All the beggars begging for Is mercy from the Lord So come all you beggars Up on your feet Take courage, he's calling to you Surrender your striving and find the nerve To boldly ask for what you don't deserve A timeless moment caught in time The beggar leaves it all behind Then the perfect paradigm calls Jesus by name falling down on his knees with one request he wants to see and he could see immediately when Jesus said go so come all you beggars up on your feet take courage he's calling to you to surrender your striving and find the nerve to boldly ask for what you don't deserve. 
we go. Well, there's a little song from Michael Card about Brian Bartimaeus and uh, aren't we all like him in that song? You know, we come to Jesus as as the the blind beggars, if you like, is what he's saying in the uh, in the song. So let's uh, let's just see if we can get Pastor Aiken on. I don't quite know yeah, if this is working correctly or not. Um, let's see. Try and add him to the broadcast. Otherwise, it's me on my own tonight if we can't. Sorry about this, folks. As you can see, I'm on my own in the studio. And I can't seem to get Pastor Aiken on the uh, on the broadcast. Apologies. Right, we'll have one more go. I'm afraid, Aiken, I can't seem to get you on the screen tonight. I don't quite know why this is. Trying my hardest. Oh, here we go. Ah. Are you there? But you're muted. <laughs> this is harder than it looks, folks. Trying my hardest here. Right. Are you there, Pastor Aiken? No, you're not. For some reason, we can't get you. That's just not happening tonight. Well, apologies, folks. This is not our usual uh, way of doing things, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's just not coming up. He's just not there. Right. Hopefully he'll he'll call back in and we can try and uh, and try and sort this out. But yeah, I'm not getting Pastor Aiken on tonight. I don't know why that is, which is unfortunate because I'm sure he's got a lot to share with us tonight. Okay. Yep. 
Uh, here we go. Can I hear you? Hello. You are there. Great. You can, can you hear me? Oh, wow. We got I there in the end. Yeah. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> it, was getting a bit, uh, it was getting a bit close to the wire. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's position ourselves properly and let's go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> lordy, lordy. My goodness. Right. Okay, folks. We are, we are up and rolling. Um, tonight, we are going through the end of Mark 10. Uh, and we're going to look at Brian Bartimaeus and then hopefully the triumphal entry. Um, and then we'll see where we get to after that. Um, Pastor Ian is away. Uh, he is celebrating his anniversary this weekend with his family, which is great. Um, happy anniversary to Ian and Rachel. And, uh, you know, I hope you have a really good weekend. Um, and let's get started. So yeah, I'm going to read from Mark 10. Uh, starting at uh, verse 46, uh, Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus. So off we go. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Into chapter 11. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village in front of you and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said. And they let them go and they brought the colt to Jesus and they threw their cloaks on it and he sat and he sat on it and many spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields and those who went before and those who followed were shouting Hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David Hosanna in the highest and he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple and when he had looked around at everything as it was already late he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So we'll stop there, and uh, we'll just uh, we'll just begin, and we'll we'll start with some prayer. Pastor Aiken, can I invite you to open in prayer tonight, please? Yes, yes. Thank you very much, Ben. Yes, uh, Father, we just want to uh, thank you for another opportunity for us to come uh, together at uh, this time, just to um, go through some uh, scriptures. And uh, just we uh, really want to ask you to help us uh, this evening, Holy Spirit, as we come to look at the word, that uh, you would just release your revelation, you release your grace, release your peace and release your power upon us and our hearers. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, end of wow. Mark 10, we've got blind Bartimaeus. Yes. And uh, meeting, Jesus meets him on the road. Um, and I mean, I was—I found myself kind of stuck at the end 
uh, with Brian <laughs> Bartomeu, such different revelations coming from so many different commentaries and thinking about him. But um, let's just start off, uh, Pastor Aiken. What did you, yes. what did you glean from the, the account of from Brian Bartomeu? Yes. I think right for thanks so much, Ben, and uh, well done for your persistence there to get uh, to get the program on the air today. It's a great, well done. Right. <laughs> I've, I've been in that studio, and uh, yes, it's 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 quite something. Right. <laughs> Just you know, right from I mean, this this um, you know, as you said, this this account of um, of the, the Lord meeting uh, you know blind Bartimaeus, it's 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 right from the beginning here. I think that, that we can see great encouragement here because. You know, on 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 the the one hand, you know, Jesus is surrounded by, as as it, as it says here, a large crowd, and um, in spite of the fact that he was surrounded by that large crowd, one of the things I find really encouraging about this account is that he was able to hear that you know the cries of uh, one blind man in the midst of all of those people that were around him, and uh, you, you see you see right from the beginning that. Um, as soon as Bartimaeus hears that Jesus is passing by, he begins to cry out. And um, I'm sure you, you came across this comment as well, that even in his, you know, the form of his cry, as I was reading one comment, is a form of a prayer. And it's, it's quite significant that in his prayer, that he, first of all, it's like he, he knows who he's addressing his prayer to, because he, uh, he says, you know, Jesus, the son of David. And, um, you know, what, one of the comments I was reading about that, he he calls Jesus the son of David is that he recognizes that this isn't just um, some uh, you know prophet or some preacher who's passing by, but this is actually is a reference to the, you know, the Messiah, you know, the son of the coming son of David, the coming king, the soon coming king, and he and he calls you know Bartimaeus addresses the Lord by this name, and then he says you know have mercy on me as well, you know he's he's he isn't coming to the Lord from a sense of entitlement, you know I'm a you know I'm a son of Abraham, I'm an Israelite or whatever it is, but he's he's First of all, he knows who he's addressing his prayer to, his cries to. And then secondly, he's also asking God for mercy. You know, he isn't making any demands on God. He isn't making any. It's just, you know, have mercy on me. That's that's the And, you know, that, that's one of the, the cries. I think from most of us, we can we can identify with that when we sometimes we look at our lives and we, we think to ourselves, you know what? I have my life doesn't really line up with what I'm reading the word of God, but still. We're able to come to a, you know a gracious and a, and a merciful Father. So I think that from the beginning, I don't I don't want to you know to hug all of this, but just just that the fact as well that from the from the crowd, all the people that were around him, the, the Lord heard that one voice, the voice of faith, I believe it was as well, the cry of faith, of humility and sincerity as well as we were, as we see as we go through the account that Bartimaeus wasn't playing games; he was serious. He knew who, who he was addressing his plea to, and he and he knew exactly what he wanted the Lord to do for him. But at the same time, he came in in from, from a sense of um, you know uh, humility as well, you know, asking God for mercy. And uh, so, just wanted to start off with that, and really, that should be a great encouragement to us as Christians today. That you know, when we approach the Lord, we know we we know who He is. We know that He's our Savior. We know that He's our Lord. But we we don't come to Him out of a sense of entitlement. That he has to, you know, do what we're asking of him. But we do humble ourselves, and we do ask him for mercy. And we're very specific, as we will see from what from this account with Bartimaeus. We're very specific as to what we ask for. But also, we should be encouraged. But Lord, we're here, our pleas. You know, in the midst of I don't know how many people on the earth today is it six billion or eight billion that God is able to hear the cry of faith, you know, from an individual. Amen. That's right. Yeah. I mean, what I, I gleaned from it is the the faith of blind Bartimaeus. First off. Um, that you know that cry that he gave Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
um, was a real, it, it was what Jesus responds to, isn't it? And that you were saying in the midst of the crowd, uh, he heard the vo- of all those voices, he heard the voice of faith. Um, just like when that, the woman touched him and was healed, you know, he yeah, said, who touched yeah. me? And the disciples were like, well, everybody's touching you, Lord. But it was that one, <laughs> that one uh, touch that he responded, the power responded to. But yeah, I thought of um, blind Bartimaeus and his condition, his, his wretched condition as a blind beggar in uh, the ancient world and, and what that was like. Um, and I, was, I kind of was directed by one of the commentaries to uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount, the first of the Beatitudes, where it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and this particular um, preacher that was uh, uh, writing really kind of uh, puts that kind of akin to the, uh, how we should come to the Lord as Christians. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And poor in spirit is, is almost like an emptying of our of our spirit of our ability if you like mm-hmm. when you've come to the end of yourself that um there's you got nothing left you know there was nothing that that Brian Bartimaeus had uh, that he could mm-hmm. he could give he was just crying out in in pure faith to uh, to his father and the the fact that he was he was blind naturally um but yet spiritually he perceived something uh, was was a great thing. I mean, uh, it, the, the prophecies, you know, uh, in the Old Testament say about uh, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, you who dwell in darkness will see a great light. And it's almost like the, the spiritual light was perceived by Bartimaeus. Um, and that's what he reached out for. That's what his heart leapt at. Um, and he was poor in terms of earthly things, but his, his spirit jumped in faith. Uh, mm. the recognition uh, of Jesus um, and like you yes. say you know that is that is what he he was responding to um, and Jesus even said when he's healed he it, it says your faith has yes. made you well it's your it faith does. that I responded to and that uh, has made you well um, and there's you know dig, digging away at this even more there was a lot there's a lot to be said about faith from this and the, the faith of, of, of blind Bartimaeus um, it, it says uh, in Matthew, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and that's, that's what was happening. It was, it was bubbling up. The cry was bubbling up from his heart in his mm-hmm. condition. Um, and so much to be said about, you know, holding on to faith in, in uh, those circumstances, you know, holding fast to your confession, as it says in Hebrews. Um, and Absolutely. just, you know, laying hold of that. Uh, and I, I also thought, you know, in the next bit where he, he was crying out and crying out <laughs> and then the people were telling him basically, shut up, shut up. <laughs> I don't know if you got anything out of, out of that. Yes, you know. absolutely. Yes. I, I mean, that, I mean, you, you could talk about his persistence, you know, what, what I really find, um, you know, very challenging and encouraging for, from his life was that, you know, the people were, were um, telling him to be quiet. And his response, well, this was really the key thing, his response was that he didn't actually engage with those people that were telling him to be quiet. He didn't start arguing with them and say, no, I've got to speak, get to this man. This man's got... No, he just, it's, it's literally, he's like, he just ignored them. Because <laughs> the Bible says that he began to shout out even the more. And, and I, fi- I find that really, you know, um, encouraging, you know, that there are times when we are trying to reach out to God. We're trying to, you know, we're crying out to the Lord. We've got situations or, or circumstances that we're facing or there are, you know, things in, in our communities or in our nation that we're crying out to God for. And um, while we might not necessarily have people, physical people, ask, telling us to be quiet, the circumstance of, of the situations 
might be telling us to be silent. You know, you know, stop asking God, you know, for this job. You're never going to get a job, you know. Stop asking God for, you know, financial breakthrough. You're never going to get it. Stop asking God for this healing. It's never going to come. Stop asking him for peace or for direction or for wisdom. Whatever it is we're asking him for, the circumstances or situations seem to be telling us to be quiet. But I really love, you know, Bartimaeus' response here where he just he just ignores the, the people telling him to be quiet. He just cries out even louder, even the more. And yeah. um, it's, just, it's just amazing. Even as Jesus is passing by, he actually stops, doesn't he? He stops. And he says, call him. <laughs> and then straight away, I don't know if they were the same people that were telling him to shut up. They were now saying, oh, you know, be of good cheer. Come along. He's calling you. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, that so much to be said, you know, of, of, of holding on to the promise. And, you know, if God's, if God's given you a word, you know, to just to grasp onto that in the midst of sometimes complete opposite circumstances, uh, and, and really, you know, grasping onto the promises of faith and, uh, you know, uh, Hebrews again, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, you know, and that's, if God's given you a promise, if God's told you something and, and you know it in your heart, it's been confirmed many times, you know, you hold on to that in the, in the, in the midst of, of doubters, in, in the midst of mockery sometimes, and, you know, he, he is faithful, he is faithful. Um, there's a scripture, uh, where is it, in, uh, uh, where was it, Resilient Faith I was looking at. Um, it's the fact that, uh, they're, they're, when we were talking about figures of world population, you mentioned it earlier on, um, you know, many rebuked him and told him to be silent, and that's what the world does. And I was looking at some figures, yeah. you know, there's, there's, as of 2019, according to uh, Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary, there's 2.5 billion Christians in the world in 2019. That's that's 32.8% of the whole 7.6 billion people on earth. And, you know, that's a significant number of, of, of Christians that, uh, uh, you know, above everything else, hold, are holding on to Jesus. You know, Jesus is the common denominator. Um, and it's a significant, significant part of their lives. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, those are the people that uh, would, in a dark world, are holding on and spiritually perceiving the light of Jesus in the world. You know, and that's, uh, that's, that's like a, a resilient a resilient faith, you know, in, in, in a world that, you know, year on year is, is, uh, attacks the, the principles of the kingdom, attacks the way yes. that we, we want to live as Christians, you know. Yet there are that, those, those, you know, uh, billions of Christians that have Jesus as a cornerstone to their lives, and wow, you know, despite all these discouragements, you know, they're they're holding on to their faith and living by their faith, yes. um, which is you yes. know is, is an awesome awesome thing. Amazing, really, yeah. amazing. Just one thing that just struck me as well, Ben. It's like it's it's quite interesting that as um you know those people that were telling him to be quiet when you know he cried out the more you you know you might have thought that Jesus would have said you know you know come you come but he didn't do that. He actually told the people maybe the same people who were telling him to be quiet. They said call him. So it's like he the, the Lord there shows his lordship, doesn't he? That he's like okay, you were telling him to be quiet before. But now I'm giving you, I'm reversing that that command. Now you call him. <laughs> you yeah. were telling him to, you know, to be quiet. You're trying to keep him away from me. But I'm not going to call him myself. But I'm going to. You are going to call him. And so I, I feel that in a sense, that's you know the scripture in, in Romans where it says that all, you know, all things are working together for our good. And it's like you know sometimes we might be facing some circumstances or situations that might be seen that they're against us. 
but actually God is able to turn those things, those same things around for our good. And uh, so that opposition to, for, for him coming to the Lord to get his sight back, the Lord uses that same opposition and says, no, you bring him to me now because, um, you know, I, I'm going to do something great in this man's life. And that just struck me about this, that uh, he just... He just stopped and then he said you know call him you called him it's turning those things around yeah, for, for blind batimaeus is good yeah that's it and you know when jesus called him you know and they said take heart he's calling you that he the the way he came i mean when he was yeah. when he was summoned i mean he threw his cloak aside which there's lots about you know that was probably one of the main things of his possessions that he had you know his cloak he just cast it aside and, and ran into the to the arms of jesus the arms of the kingdom um you know and he threw it off and he rose up and you know it's there was there, there's some great scriptures that you you know we're looking at the account of blind bartimaeus but there's so much you know that is in line with that in scripture again in hebrews um hebrews 4 it it says since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold fast to our confession and he was holding fast to his confession mm -hmm. but we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses um, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin and so let us with confidence boldly draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace for help in time of need let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace and and you know Brian Bartimaeus is that's what you know almost Michael Card was singing about you know that's what we're to do as Christians. You know, our, our frame of reference, our, our worldview, our way of living is that we, we go boldly before the throne. And Bartimaeus, you know, was boldly shouting out and he boldly went yes. forward and, and came before Jesus, holding fast to his confession. Um, and, you know, just just went for it. Um, and, and, you know, he said, Jesus said, what do you want me to do? I want my sight, Lord. And, you know, he not only got his physical sight back, it, it was spiritual sight that was there. You know, it starts with, you know, the revelation within. And, uh, you know, he was he was given his sight and he, he was brought into the kingdom. He's followed Jesus on the way as well as having spiritual sight. Um, Absolutely. Awesome, yes. Awesome. Uh, Absolutely. And I think that was that he's, you know, his prayer. I mean, sorry, his reply to the to the question that the Lord asked him when he says, I, I want to see. And I think it's so appropriate for us as Christians, isn't it? Every every day I think we, we are asking to see, we want to see more of the Lord. We want to see his will in our lives. We want to see his will in our in our communities and in our nation. And it's, and it's just that 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 um, steadfast cry, like you said, that prayer of faith, you know, and that determination, you know, the persistence to say, Lord, this is what we want to see. We want to see this. And um, you know, very much so as as you said, as as it, and he does say in the scriptures that once he received his sight, then he began to follow Jesus along the road. It's like he's like he, he, that old life that um, he was living, where he was, you know, begging by the wayside, the cloak that he had. Like you said, he cast that away. It was like that old life is gone now, yeah. and I'm now pursuing, you know, a new life in Christ Jesus. And it's, um, you know, very much a, a, a picture, if you like, of us coming to the Lord as well. And uh, once He's, uh, you know, giving us our sight, then we begin to follow Him uh, wherever He goes. Amen. I mean, I, I was thinking, and I, I'll give you. A little time just to see if you've got any examples you can think of from your own life i was trying to think of examples in my life where i had a promise and um wanted to you know really hold fast to it like blind bartimaeus held held fast to the promise of the kingdom um and the promise that he saw in in jesus uh and did i have any examples in my life where that that same thing had happened to me and i can think you know when i um when i uh 
went from being a nursing assistant to entering into training and, and knocking on the door of that opportunity and all the way through three years of quite challenging nursing training I kept saying to myself at the time you know that Lord I know that you have opened the door um, I, I know you've done this because this is nothing that I'd planned at all for my life you've opened the door to a career and uh, whenever it got really discouraging and, and you know just as I was going about my, my business as a nursing student um, I was I was always reminding myself Lord you put me here you did this so I trust in you that you'll see me through and that's the same with any kind of promise you know like blind Bartimaeus he um, you know he held on to, to the promise he'd, he'd heard heard Jesus was there he knew of the Messiah um, being in the Jewish culture he knew of their Messiah and he recognized Jesus as the Messiah and uh, he you know held on to that and all the promise that that brought all the promise of the kingdom of spiritual sight and he went for it and um, you know it got his reward uh, and he he was healed and he went forward uh, with Jesus looks like we've lost Pastor Aiken um, but we'll carry on and hopefully he'll call back in uh, we're having some some technical challenges tonight but uh, challenges are there to be overcome so let's carry on so I'm gonna dip into the next chapter which is chapter 11 we're uh, motoring on through Mark uh, maybe a bit slower since I've joined but hey you know I love detail and I uh, love um, really digging into to the word and uh, you know looking at every everything you know and, and not, not glossing over some of these things um, so we're going to go into chapter 11 the triumphal entry and uh, Pastor Aiken if you can hear me if you're there uh, give us a call so chapter 11 mark uh, 11 the triumphal entry now when they drew near to Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them go into the village in front of you and immediately as you enter it you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat untie it and bring it if anyone says to you why are you doing this say the Lord has need of it and will send it back here immediately um, and they went away and they found the colt tied to a door outside in the street and they untied it and some of those standing there said to them what are you doing untying the colt and they told him what Jesus had said and they let them go and they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it and many spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields and those who went before and those who followed were shouting Hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David Hosanna in the highest and he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple and when he looked around at everything as it was already late he went out to Bethany with the twelve so the triumphal entry of Jesus really interesting to look at um, because up until kind of this point Jesus he wasn't fond of, of, of public attention he would uh, he, he tried to stay hidden um, you know every time there was a healing he'd draw away to a lonely place when he fed the 5,000 he took the boat across the, uh, the Sea of Galilee and um, you know stayed out of did his miracles did his teaching and, and got out of the way uh, and I, I think this is for the reason of him um, wanting to not be in a situation where he was captured and shut down um, and he had more time to, to minister, more time for healing, more time for teaching, more time before he went to, to face uh, the cross. And uh, you know, interesting, interesting things in this, this chapter. So he, was, he 
said that there was a cult on which no one had ever sat. So, you know, this was a, a, a donkey. Um, I, I'm not that familiar with the um, rearing donkeys myself, but, uh, you know, you see them at the beach a lot and, uh, you know, they're quite docile and they're, they're easily kind of led. But apparently, you know, uh, uh, a, um, a cult on which no one has ever sat could be a potential problem for the rider. You could uh, find yourself being thrown off. I know I've been on some horses before where uh, they haven't taken kindly to being... Um, anyone sitting on their back and they they have a gallop off with you holding on tightly before you fall off or um, they you know they're very uncomfortable when they, they play up um, but this was a cult in which no one had ever sat and the fact that Jesus you know took took this animal and um, he sat on it and used it to to ride in Jerusalem demonstrated you know something that it says in the Psalms it says in the Psalms in Psalm 8 you have given him dominion over the works of your hands and have put it, all things under his feet, all sheep, all oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea. So in a sense, you know, at the start of his triumphal entry, at the start of him going towards the cross, um, Jesus demonstrates his dominion over, over creation, you know, over animals, as it says in the Psalms. Not only that, in uh, the next bit where the, the people come and say what are you doing untying the colt they, they told him what jesus said and they let them go uh again you know he's displaying his his sovereignty sovereignty over men um and perhaps perhaps it's a shadow of his power over the spirit of man who uh, this is a little quote from matthew henry who's a great bible commentator uh he says perhaps he's given a little shadow of his power over the spirit of man who it says in job that man is born as a wild donkey's colt saying that you know jesus come and he's harnessed you know man he's able to speak into man's life and 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 uh, see him submit and one day you know all men will submit and bow before the lord um, and this is just maybe just a little shadow a little demonstration of his power over the animals his power over creation his power over men's hearts um and you know here here we see it being played out there's so much you know in the gospel where we see uh, you know things like this being being played out so i don't see pastor Aiken kind of calling in or calling back i don't really uh, know what's happened there maybe his power's gone out or or something has happened with the uh, the internet there um but if he comes back we'll put him back on uh if not it'll just be me until the end of the broadcast i'm afraid Pastor Ian, please come back soon. We're making a right hash of this. <laughs> so let's go on. So he came he came into Jerusalem on, on a donkey. Um, and that again, you know, is is significant in the fact that um, when kings came in as conquerors to to conquer cities or to establish their kingdoms, they didn't come in on donkeys, they came in on horses and uh, horses you know are symbols of, of of men of war if you like um they're you know a conqueror rides in on on a horse on a war horse to conquer and and to slay and to you know um reap and pillage and establish their kingdom but a donkey is a symbol of peace uh and you know jesus came in 
on, on a donkey. And again, again, you know, the, the word of prophecy, the word of scripture from um, Zechariah 9, verses 9 to 10, is just, just an awesome picture. Um, and I'll read it to you. It says in Zechariah 9, 9 to 10, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace to nations. So there you go, you know, there's a picture of, of the Messiah coming in on a donkey. And this is, this is what I think the Jewish establishment missed. You know, they were under oppression from the Romans and they wanted their Messiah that they read about in, in, in the word that was to be a conquering king uh, coming in on a white horse, coming in and to conquer and rid them of the Romans. And that Messiah will come, but... In Revelation, you will read of that Messiah, where Jesus comes in um, on a on a on a white horse with an army of heaven. That's Revelation 19 in the end times when Jesus returns. But yet there was prophecies of another Messiah that, um, you know, understandably the Jews would would be looking towards a conquering king to freedom from the Romans, uh, looking back to when they were freed from the Egyptians. Yet they seem to have missed the whole suffering servant from. Um, the uh, Isaiah 53 and uh, the the uh, the prophecies of here that here that speak of of Jesus being you know humble and on a donkey and a prince of peace uh, and here he was you know the triumphant entry he was coming into Jerusalem um, and the people responded you know the people uh, were singing their hosannas they were displaying their faith they were really you know recognizing their their king if you like and you know you i i have read in my life a lot of of charles spurgeon he was a great victorian preacher and he gave some real insight into this that, uh, that really was you know <laughs> kind of touched my heart and thought yes you know you're right jesus had been hidden from the world you know he didn't seek worldly praise um but here was a time where he was coming in and 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 publicly showing that he was king if you like um, and he could have used that as an earthly king all those people following him he could have uh, kind of used that as a as a way to start a rebellion you know there were there were hundreds following him um, and you know he he well could have you know done what he wanted and led led a rebellion uh, but yet you know he was a prince of peace and he he did not come to do that um, he came to to be the the redeemer in the way that God had prescribed, not a conquering king of of blood and war, but a conquering king of peace. Um, and here it was, you know, the church, if you like, was allowed a day of rejoicing. They were allowed a day of of hosanna, a day of praise. Um, and to be sure, you know, the enemy was seething. Probably the Pharisees were seething that he was being proclaimed king by the people, um, and they had to, you know, they decide to do something about this in their way and, and go and deal with him and, and see him crucified and killed um, you know thinking that that would deal with the problem in, in their eyes but uh, you know it's a good sign you know when the enemy is seething when the enemy is really mad it's a good sign that the church is probably riding triumphant into <laughs> into their destiny um, but yeah it gave it gave the church a joyful day it gave his followers a day of uh, you know recognition of, of the king 
uh, and of hailing him as king. And it was praise. It was powerful. You know, we sing Hosanna. We sing Hallelujah. We we raise the roof when we we worship the Lord. And here was an example. You know, in Jesus' lifetime, when there was a chance for the, the people to do that to rejoice and hail him as the king hail him as as the one um that he was you know the messiah the king of all the earth um and to to if you like publicly uh, celebrate that so you know there it was the triumphal entry and then he came um to the final the one of the final times into jerusalem before he he met the cross and of course we'll we'll get into that and the significance of that um you know a real a real real picture if you like a real real um pointing towards who he really was so you know that's that's the two accounts we've got there where time has has more than gone uh, and i really apologize for the technical difficulties i uh, hope you know we can we can sort those out and uh, you know we'll be able to run things as they should be but pastor ian and pastor Aiken will be back uh, next week to tackle the next bit i'll be working so i'll be off next week but i'll be uh, watching um and yeah let me just encourage you you know follow along with us in mark have a good look yourselves. You know, I found even when I was out of things, you know, just following along and digging into these stories. You know, this is the best Bible study you can get. Digging into the word and digging into commentaries, digging into word studies and just having a look. And the more you do it, the more you familiarize yourself with the gospel, which is what we live for. You know, the teachings of Jesus. Um, you, you, you dig in, you know, uh, into the word and uh, it, it just shapes your life. You know, it, the Holy Spirit will always use what has gone in and he will teach as we go along you submit yourself to the spirit and the holy spirit will teach you will bring things to mind that you've read but you've got to read them first and then they'll bubble up and and they'll instruct you so yeah that's that, that's um you know all i've kind of got this week and uh, um pastor Aiken, you're out there somewhere um thank you for your input and uh you know bless the lord we're going to finish tonight with uh that song again which is uh the um, the paradigm by Michael Card, and you know he's he's really just drawing that kind of parallel with blind Bartimaeus. That aren't we all the blind beggars uh, who are blind spiritually that, that come before the Lord? So let's go to Him uh, and let's you know rejoice in that and hold on to the promises and do everything the blind Bartimaeus did. Call out when it's time to call out and uh, just really hold on to the faith. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. So we're gonna we're gonna end with that and uh, i hope you like the song hope you listen to it and uh, you draw from it so praise the lord and we'll be back next week with a word up amen he is poor he is blind he will be a paradigm one of jesus greatest finds there beside the road Calling out, he has the nerve To want what he does not deserve All the beggars begging for Is mercy from the Lord So come all you beggars Up on your feet Take courage, he's calling to you And find the nerve To boldly ask for what you don't deserve A timeless moment caught in time
beggar leaves it all behind Then the perfect paradigm calls Jesus by name Falling down upon his knees with one request he wants to see He could see immediately when Jesus said go So come all you beggars up on your feet He's calling to you Surrender your striving And find the nerve To boldly ask for what you don't greatest finds there beside the road. Come all you beggars up on your feet. Take courage, he's calling to you. Surrender your striving and find the nerve to boldly ask for what you don't deserve. you don't deserve.